Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. This is Tech Watch Radio. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Brought to you by NPITechGuys.com. That's NPITechGuys.com. NetworkProvidersInc.com is the web main website for the company. Network providers that does all kinds of security and email and endpoint protection and uh, company strategy when it comes to IT and a whole lot more. Uh, they maintain networks. They run cloud servers uh, for folks. They have basically white glove hands-on IT services across the board at NetworkProvidersInc.com. But welcome to TechWatch Radio. My name is Sam Bushman. I'm an IT consultant. Jay Harrison with me. Welcome, sir. Hey, Sam. Is it a good day in tech for you? It's a great day in tech, like it always is, because you know what? Tech's neither good nor bad. We just need to make sure that it serves us, not owns us. And that's why we keep an eye on tech so folks don't have to. We want tech to always be kind of in the background and always make your life better. Whenever tech kind of rears its ugly head in frustration uh, is when we feel like, hey, we got to step up our game a little bit. So that's kind of what we do and who we are and what's going on. But I want to talk about, we talk about all kinds of tech things. Sometimes it's security issues. Sometimes it's technical issues, but a lot of times we track stories that just relate to the average Joe in everyday life, Jay. Uh, and that's one of the things that we'll be getting to as the broadcast unfolds here, you know, everyday life. Mm-hmm. So I uh, went into the knife, Jay. I guess that's the only way to describe it. I remember I a couple weeks ago. And the surgery that I had is called artificial disc replacement surgery. And so it's cervical, which means in your neck. Uh, and it's because I had a severe problem called severe cervical spinal stenosis. That means that your spine narrows, the bones narrow, uh, and what happens eventually is it starts smashing your spinal cord and your nerves and causing all kinds of problems. And I won't go into the, the boring details of all the pain and all the troubles and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this is not a health show. This is a tech show. But the reason that I bring all this up is because, man, I'm a pretty advanced tech guy, Jay, in, in a lot of ways. And uh, I've been at tech for a long time, literally almost 40 years. And I've seen a lot of stuff in tech and not a lot surprises me. But man, the medical capabilities in the tech field in a good way shocked me, Jay. And so that's why we have kind of on the headline here, Sam undergoes artificial disc replacement surgery on his neck. And I want to discuss the incredible advancements in the medical fields related to it. So this is... so number. Yeah, this is artificial discs like 3D printed or uh, like completely new discs for the vertebrae. They're not 3D printed, but they are um, manufactured man-made discs that replace uh, the discs. Yeah. Do they have to map out your old ones to try to make them exactly? Wow. No, they don't. They don't make them exactly, but they, they take out the old ones. They cut them out and then they literally hammer the new ones in. There's videos on the internet where you can watch. They literally beat on it with a mallet and hammer oh these goodness. things in place. Uh, and these things are artificial. They're made out of all kinds of, I don't even know, the polymer, titanium, different stuff. Um, but they literally replace these discs in your neck. And right now the law lets you uh, put two discs in, not three. Well, I needed three replaced, but they could only do two levels. So we did that. And then we're just going to have to wait. The only choice was to fuse the other one or wait and see if eventually it's approved and go in and do the third one. Or maybe we resolve enough of my problems to where the third one's not perfect, but it, but it's it's okay, right? Like, I'm not 20, and yeah. I'm not going to be doing hardcore, you know, athletics, or I'm not a stock car racer or anything like that crazy. So, you know, maybe the third one will just be fine. Maybe it will start to rejuvenate or heal on its own to some degree. Or maybe it just doesn't get worse, and uh, a lot of the problems are solved. So there's a lot of issues that it's solved for me. Being paralyzed was one of them. 
Um, they said if it just kept as it was, I'd be paralyzed. They said, uh, you know, um, uh, well, the doctor looked at my MRI, the latest one, and he said, Sam, I'm really surprised, surprised you still have control of your bladder. Well, that's a little gnarly. So <laughs> anyway, the point is I went through this incredible surgery. I'm on the post end of it. I got a lot of post-pain surgery still, but things are just incredibly different and improved. And it what I really want to I said my first yeah. question is going to be is it better but it may be too soon to tell, right? Nope, it is substantially better. That's the fantastic. second I came out of surgery, it was substantially better and it's been improving ever since. The question is how close to perfection or how close to perfect will it get? And that's where the third disc is kind of still a problem uh, and again was there any damage done from the smashing of the spinal cord and the nerves that doesn't quite come back perfectly, but it's already 100% better than before. I shouldn't say 100 it's already significantly better than before. Um, all the issues that I had with my legs are now gone. I now don't have a threat of losing control of my bladder. Uh, there was spurs, bone spurs that were growing towards my esophagus. All that's cleaned up and gone to where there's no threat of that anymore. So, I mean, there's a ton of already known benefits. I already have uh, probably as good or better mobility than I had in my neck than I had before. So the question is, how good is it going to get over the next several months? And that's what we're watching to see. But the technology um, from these high-tech surgeons are just, it's, it's incredible, Jay. So one of the things that surprised me is how the medication, how they do the um, anesthesia. I mean, they, they have gotten this down to a science. Uh, and if you use some of the best people in this field, I mean, this guy says to me, Sam, listen, I'm going to be administering these different medications to you. Uh, I'm going to tell you when I put one in your arm and I'm going to tell you the next one and the next one and the next one. And then I'm going to give you the last one. And I'm, before I give you the last one, I'm going to have you say go. And the second you say go, you will not remember a single thing until you wake up in the recovery room. And I'm like, okay, I know what he's talking about, but I remember this being a long time ago and you know, they'd give it to you and you could count that backwards from 10 and when you get to six or something or five, that's the last you remember. Right. I'm telling you right now, they have it down to such a science that I swear to you. He said, okay, here's the last medication. You tell me when to go. And I'm telling you, you won't remember anything until you say go. You'll remember everything up to saying go. And you won't remember anything until you're in the recovery room. I literally said go. And then the next thing I remember is they said, should we bring your wife in? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it was that good. Now, have you ever you been kinda, under anesthesia before? Yeah, okay. several times. And usually they say, you know, they, they administer it. And then, you know, the next 5, 10, 15 seconds, you kind of hear the doctors milling around and then things kind of fade. And then you think, oh, I'm not going to go to sleep. And then, boom, you're gone. Yeah, well, you know, a lot I'm of telling people. You, there was not even two seconds from when I said go. I don't remember a single thing, not a one. Everything you said was exactly, I mean, to the second. It was incredible. A lot of people, especially when they're young, think, oh, I'm going to fight this just to see if I can or how long not I can happening. say. <laughs> it doesn't matter because but besides that, once you get in there, you just want it to be over with anyway. You're just like, you're ready For to sure. be gone and you don't want to, yeah, it's, you're nervous and other things. And so but that, that's getting it down to the point right there. But I'm telling you this, go, would you like us to bring your wife in? Absolutely. I said, I remember that. <laughs> I don't remember a single thing between not even wrestling around to the nurses or anything before I faded away. None of that. So they've got this down to a science, which is just incredible. And I'm not telling you it always goes perfect. Remember, we're human. But that really amazes me. The other thing that amazes me is the things that they do. So they have these different people come in and explain these different things to you. And this one lady came in and she said, listen, I'm kind of the tech part of this operation. And what I want permission to do is we want to insert these little things into your head. They're like little needles. They don't insert way far. It's not like they drill a hole in your head or anything. But they just, they just insert these little probes into your head. 
And as they do the surgery, every move they make, they can watch on monitors and, and, and drive this thing by data to what they should do. So if they do something and then it changes, they see all these things from probes in your head about it affects your legs or your this or that or what nerves are. And they can tell if they're getting too close to nerves or getting too close to things to where they can literally back off with their cameras and their anyway. And so they, they have these probes and they had to get my permission to do this extra step. They're like, hey, it's much safer and more secure if we do this, but we have to have your permission to do, you know, to, to analyze this data because it literally, you know, tracks this data straight from your body, from your skull. And so anyway, they placed all these probes around my head. It didn't really hurt or anything. When I got done, there was a little blood on my head from the, the little pinpricks or whatever. But they literally can control where the cameras go and where the surgeon uh, is using his tools and all these different things and all this, and they can watch it affect all aspects of your body. I'm thinking so you the should reason have that, had them put a, C, a USB-C port in there while they were in, you know, Sam? Oh, no go. I'm out. <laughs> not doing it. You just... <laughs> and, and they, but what's interesting is they can literally, you know, determine discussions and things. So when the spinal cord's super compressed, they can start to relieve the compression on that spinal cord, get back data that says you're going too fast, don't overwhelm the body, uh, release this blockage or whatever you want to call it, this smashed spinal cord, R release it or unrestrict un un it more slowly. And, and they can watch this thing and get feedback in real time what, what it's doing to the body. And uh, anyway, it's incredible, the technology that they have and what they do. So this physician that I went to is well-renowned in his field. He speaks all over the world and he does all this kind of stuff. And um, he is a uh, very well-known specialist that works on celebrities and people like that that um because he's he's professional at preserving your voice uh and when i got done with the surgery my voice was altered some but it wasn't too bad and now it's back to normal but oftentimes you can lose your voice in a surgery like this because they go through the front of your neck he went to the left side if you're me or the right side if you're facing me just left of the adam's apple or i should say right of the adam's apple if you're facing me um and they, he made literally about an inch and a half maybe two inches top little incision they have the ability to put their tools through this little incision and then move the vocal cords and move the throat and move the everything out of the way and then operate on this thing and they do it through these cameras and so this surgeon has a bunch of patents on cameras and patents on a lot of the techniques that he uses and his claim to fame is i'm going to make the smallest hole possible the smaller hole i make the greater the recovery and man, it is shocking. I mean, I literally don't have any bandages on my neck two, week, two and a half weeks later. I've got this little line which got, has these steri strips or whatever you call them in it uh, and the stitches and stuff, that, and it all just dissolves. There's nothing you have to do or go back or anything, and it's just this little teeny short incision, and it's amazing. They can get their tools through there. They can literally hammer on these discs and put them in place and insert them and, and this kind of stuff. And um, he said, you know, getting the old discs out is a lot easier than it is to put the new discs in. The new discs you have to hammer in and put in position and all this kind of stuff. And, and um, you know, he kept telling me that you're going to feel better after the surgery. And I just thought, I just don't see how that's possible. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's the kind of thing that is, I mean, I, I get that in a couple of weeks I'll be doing better. But, you know, surgery, they cut your neck, they go in, they cut out these discs, they hammer in these new ones. How will I be feeling better? I just couldn't equate to that. But literally when I got done, it is better, even with this post-pain surgery, it is better than it was when I started. The second I woke up, I noticed I had, before I had tingling and numbness and the outside of my hands and pins and needles and all that's gone. 
I had my legs that that had all these problems that I like when I would stand up, I would stand up and there'd be just pain in my legs and I'd have to stand there and hold on to something and wait five, 10, 15 seconds and alternate my weight on my legs and stuff before I had enough strength where I could walk or I was afraid I was going to stumble and fall down. The second the surgery's over, man, that's just gone. hundred percent gone. And that's why when he said, "Mm, I'm surprised you have control of your bladder, Sam, when my legs were feeling that way, I thought, you know what? He's right. This is coming. And I'm sure if we did nothing, that would be eventually the case. So all that's changed. I don't have the tingling on the outside of my hands anymore. I, like I say, I still have a really sore, stiff neck. And I mean, he warned me of that. Um, I was super, super dizzy before that. Now I'm dizzy, but he says it'll take about a month for the dizziness to go away. He said, what happens is your brain has to be retrained. Once it gets all the data, it doesn't know what to do with it all. It has to be taught to pay attention to the whole stream before it was just like spurts of data. And it was confused about the positioning of your arms and legs. And so you'd be dizzy. Now this steady stream, he says, the body just has to, the brain has to just adapt to receiving, processing, and dealing with all this data. And it'll take about a month for that to happen. Anyway, they put these discs in your body that are, that are artificially created. And he showed me one of these. He let me hold on to it and touch it. And these things are incredible, man. They move in all kinds of ways, just like your neck and your body would move. And I actually have more movability. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to use it anyway, uh, in my neck than I had before the surgery, even though it's still stiff. And even though I got to go to a physical therapist and stuff to, to work out some of the letting the muscles adjust and settle down and, and everything else. Now, the other thing is when you have nerves that are kind of starved for life, so to speak, uh, and struggling, at, at minimal capacity, whatever you want to say. The first thing that comes back when you restore those nerves is pain. And so that's why after the surgery, there's just still a lot of pain still and stuff like that. I've got to go to a physical therapist and stretch my neck and let my muscles adjust. And, and they say that in three months, you're doing great. And in a year, you're back. They say there's no restrictions. Once a year, you're just done. They have athletes that go on the football field after these kind of surgeries and stuff like that and who have these disc replacements. This surgeon is known for operating on people where the team doesn't want to announce to the public that this person's injured because then their tradability and all that financial stuff comes into play of, "Mm, do we want this person? And they've learned to basically, they'll just say this guy's okay. And then they'll do the surgery and he is okay. Anyway, it's incredible. And the tech they use along the way is shocking. They put all these instruments to this teeny little hole, man. And it's like, once the instrument gets through the little teeny hole they've made, then it's like there's a lot of room to move around, kind of. I mean, a lot of room is relative, but compared to the whole, there's a lot of room, right? And it's just it's just shocking of how they do this. And it's all camera-driven, and the surgeon just moves these things around. And anyway, the surgery took about two hours and 15 minutes to two and a half hours to complete. And uh, like I said, when he first saw my MRI, he's like, hey, this thing is your uh, spinal cord and your nerves are just smashed, buddy. It's just bad. It's like really, really bad. I'm surprised you have control of your bladder is the only thing I can say. I'm, I'm just surprised that you're functioning as well as you are with the way it looks. Well, I asked him after when he went in there, I said, how did it look compared to the MRI? Like, is it worse or not as bad as the MRI seemed to show? He goes, man, it was way, way, way worse than the MRI showed. It's just shocking. And he says, man, the equipment, when you start to, to uh, stop the restriction in your, in your spinal cord, the equipment just goes berserk when all that blood and communications just start flowing through your spinal cord. It's incredible. He said, so anyway, that was kind of the summary that he said, but the amount of tech they use in these surgeries is absolutely astounding. And um, I mean, I'm sure that's true with heart surgeries and brain surgeries. And I mean, my surgery compared to some of the surgeries is fairly simple. Now to me, it doesn't feel simple. 
and it doesn't seem simple for them just to go in through the front of your neck by your throat and you know cut out these discs and replace them with fake ones or artificial ones and all this stuff and it doesn't seem like a minor surgery uh but compared to some of the surgeries they're doing now this is a minor surgery i mean it was same day i came out of the um surgery and then i i basically went to the hotel literally the, the same day so the i guess they have to cut i was gonna say how do they get the disc out of that small hole but i guess they cut it down into small pieces or something is that yeah uh-huh wow you know this is news to me because this whole time i had assumed that they were going in the back of your neck i know you would assume that that's my whole point of why i'm doing this whole thing is it's you would think it's but they say that it's way better from the front they can make a smaller hole it's softer flesh the healing is much faster and better the smaller the hole the better the more high tech the more they can gauge like they put these probes on your head and when they they you know, get the restriction off of the spinal cord and things start to flow. They do it slowly and watch the vital signs to this high tech stuff as it happens. And the data feedback tells them how fast to go. And, you know, everything's fine. They can just let it go. But if it's if you got to go slow, they do that to let the body adjust and they watch all the signs. And I mean, it's just amazing how data driven and how robotic and how advanced technically these surgeries are. They're just it's incredible. Now, I didn't I wasn't there to be any part of it. All I know is from before what they explained to me, and I know after the fact that I know kind of what the tools were for, um, and, and I just know it from a, a recovery point of view. I mean, literally that same day I was up and walking after the surgery. That's I amazing. I literally walked out to my car by myself, for instance. I mean, it's just something. That's incredible. Anyway, I, I don't mean to spend forever on it, and I know you would say, well, this isn't really technology, Sam. This is just like your personal chronological whatever, and I understand that. But the technical side of this is just something to behold. It really is. The amount of the equipment that they have, and they've learned things about, you know, one of the things they say, this guy's like, you need to be up and walking the very day of the surgery. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? He's like, no, man, I want you up walking. The more you walk, the better. He said, don't run. Don't get all crazy and be all, like, jarring or anything. But I want you to walk. And so literally, you know, three days after the surgery, I was at the mall because it was freezing cold. It was minus five in Denver where I got the surgery. So I went into the mall so that I could just walk around. And me and my wife just walked around the mall for an hour and a half so I could get a bunch of walking in. That's cool. And th- this is just opposite of everything that we've kind of thought and been taught. It's like, oh, you got to rest. You got to. He's like, no, I want you to take all these herbs, uh, these health things that will help the recovery, protein and this and that and that and the other. And I want you to, um, you know, be up and walking and moving. And I'm like, do I need to be gentle on my neck? He goes, well, don't get crazy, but... Yeah, you know, move your neck around like you normally would. He's like, don't press hard to make pain, but press on it a little bit and stretch out those muscles. And I mean, there was no delay. Like, let's get after this thing. And I, I feel the wisdom and the, and the knowledge that they've gained about this stuff. And I'm like, well, don't those, you know, artificial discs need to like grow into my body or get stable or secure? He goes, man, they're already secure. Like I say, don't do crazy things or they could come out of place. And so all I have now is a, a meeting with the doctor three months later to say, hey, how's it going, and answer any questions kind of stuff. And then a year later, they don't even do an MRI anymore. All they do is an X-ray and just make sure the discs are still in place. And if they are, you're good. There's nothing more to do. Wow. And after a year, you're cleared to live life normal. If you want to go boating, go ahead. If you want to water ski, go ahead. You can do whatever you want. It's just, and the, re- the recovery and the holistic is just shocking. Uh, and these discs, they've learned to make them where I felt it, held on to it. They just move incredibly and they can move all ways, like your body moves left and right and forward and back and up and down. They can move all those directions. And it's just this little teeny, I don't know, disc-like thing. It's got like these shock absorbers in it and all. I mean, it's like a disc. 
It's just it, it's something to behold. So they limit to two, but does that mean that you can do one later or you can only ever do two? Well, we don't know that yet. So right now the rule is they can do two. And I don't know if they can go in and do a third one in a separate surgery or if they have to wait till the law changes to do the third one. I'm just not sure yet. That's part of the questions that I'm going to ask at the post-surgery stage. Um, he's just like, hey, we can only do two right now. We can't do three. And I'm just like, well, hey, if, if we can make it to where my legs don't have the problem and I have control of my bladder, I'm in no matter what, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got to do this, you know. But there's been so many benefits and so many things. And so now I've got these two high-tech to kind of wrap this up on a tech note here, I've got these two man-made artificial discs, D-I-S-C, disc, right? These discs in my body now, two of them, and two discs or vertebrae, they're gone in my neck, in the upper cervical neck. Hmm. So above your shoulders, below your head, in my neck is where these are. And all I have right now is a stiff and sore neck a bit that's improving every day. And I have better movement, better capabilities than I had before this happened, then all these threat problems about losing control of your bladder, all these things are gone. And all the way through, there was just tech marvels that just shocked me at how good at this stuff they're becoming. I mean, I'm not saying they're on God level by any means or anything like that. I don't mean to make it a, a strange discussion. I'm just telling you the advancements in science and the advancements in technology and the advancements in tech and the ability to put these parts in your body are just something to behold. And no and permanent. I would finish and say, damage. what a blessing they are. No I mean, permanent damage blessing. to your voice. That's good. That's yeah, because you know, and um, so that's what this specialist surgeon is known for. Other people may not be as gentle or as conscientious, or I don't know what, but a lot of times when people More go experience. through these surgeries, their voices change. Or yeah, experience of this guy's done thousands of these, uh, and you know he takes on the whole medical establishment, and they say, no, you're crazy, do this and this, and he just proves to them that. What he's doing is the way to go, and he speaks all over the world. And, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I was worried. The biggest thing I was worried about was my voice because, like, that's the way I make a living, right? Um, and he said, Listen, I can't promise you, but I'm pretty confident that I can have your voice return to normal. And he's right. I mean, literally, even a few days after, I sounded a little bit funny because my neck was all swollen up where the surgery incision was and that kind of stuff. But give it a week and a half or two weeks, and you know what? My voice is back to normal. And now it's not even three weeks yet, Jay, since the surgery. And I would say my voice is almost perfectly normal. I would say it's pretty normal, too. And I don't even think that a lot of people would notice. But if you if you knew or had spent time around you, I think you would notice. It seemed like your voice was a little bit higher pitched. Um, not yeah, not like, like if you, feminine, it's but like, like if you put helium. Your, yeah, it's like if you put your hand on your throat and kind of squeeze your throat and talk a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably like that from the swelling. Because it was swollen up, right? Right. Um, but he was so gentle with my vocal cords and he works on singers and all kinds of people that, that depend on their voices and stuff like that. So he's got a lot of experience with how to really move that stuff out of the way, get his tools around all that stuff, but be gentle enough not to cause any harm. Uh, and uh, other surgeons may not be as careful. And so that's why I went to this unique specialist, but the amount of tech they use just astounds even me. I mean, it's, they've even got like a tech person on staff to monitor the data while the surgery is going down and everything like that. They've got this anesthesiologist that has literally calculated mathematically the portions of, of administration of, of medical through your vein that they should give you. I mean, he knows how to time it perfectly in the right amount based on your weight and if you're a male or female and all these factors come into play and, you know, what medications were you taking before the surgery? Because we'll, you know, apply that to our formula. And I mean, he was asking me, and I'm like, why do you need to know that? I was just curious. And he's just like, because it adjusts my formula. If you do this and that and then I adjust for this and I mean, the, the amount of data that goes into even the formulation of how much 
um, to give you and how long to be keep dripping it or administering it versus when they want you to wake up. And it's all that they've got it down to just this incredible uh, medical science and medical whatever. All right. Anyway, I thought that was worth an episode. Um, hopefully the tech interest made sense for folks. It is astounding what they can do these days, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman, Jay Harrison with me. We like to keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. NPITechGuys.com for news on tech and our podcasts on Apple and all kinds of services. Any, any way you want to listen, go ahead. NPITechGuys.com. Make it a great tech day, will you? Hey, thanks. Thanks.